0: Welcome to Episode 7 of The Empty Rooms of Gorski Manor. Thank you so much for joining us on this journey. It means so much to us to be able to share these tales with you. Your time is greatly appreciated.
1: Hey, got a cookie for
0: me? I heard from the ether ask again. Having just dodged that musket bullet from pirate Marjorie Brown, I wasn't quite sure I was ready for another ghost so quickly, so I started to run towards the manor. After weaving around the many tombstones, I found myself stopped by the huge iron fence of Gorsky Manor. I could see it looming clearly up ahead on the hill's top, I paused to listen for that voice. Thankfully, all was quiet. I gently pushed my way between the big bars of the fence, hand stretched out, hoping not to feel that invisible barrier, so wishing it wouldn't be here at this lonely place among the fence. Oh, but sure enough, my hand flattened against it firmly. I knew I wasn't getting in on my own accord. I looked to both directions. The fence continued to a forest on one side and into a garden on the other. I looked to the tower and saw the candlelight still shone up in that window. I watched as a shadow crossed the window, then returned and crossed again. Someone was pacing back and forth. I couldn't pull my eyes from the vision, entranced and maybe spellbound. What about that cookie? The voice said urgently and somewhat demanding. That broke the spell. What? I started. Where are you?
1: Right here in front
0: of your eyes, it laughed and sang at me. And yes, there in front of me was a huge oak tree on the other side of the fence, branches reaching out in all directions, each amazing long branch strongly resisting Mother Earth's pull pull of gravity in the most wonderful show of power. The tree now blocked my view of the manor. How can this be? I could swear it was not there a minute ago. I had just been looking up at the tower, and now I could no longer see it through the deep leaves and branches. Huge roots twisted above the ground, then dove deep into the earth below. Something white sat beneath one large root. I tried to peer more clearly in the darkness. It seemed to wiggle and shift, not keeping a solid form. Movements in the tall, cool grass in front of me caught my attention. As I watched, a large snake emerge from the grass, moving upwards, slithering up and down, straight towards me. It moved remarkably fast, its body becoming bigger and bigger as it undulated and twisted and churned the black earth. Yikes, what kind of a snake is this? It reared up high as I started to back away from the fence, and I sensed it was about to strike me, but instead it flashed forward to the edge of the fence then disappeared into the earth as easy as diving into water. I felt the earth shifting beneath me and quickly jumped aside. Without a thought, I crawled upon the fence watching the ground for what was to happen. The snake burst through the earth and flowed straight upwards I am so glad I jumped to the side, or I would have been hit and tossed for sure. I started to slowly inch away. As I squinted my eyes, pieces of ground and pebbles flew up in all directions as if in an explosion. The barrage of dirt subsided, and I gently opened my eyes to see. It was not a snake at all, but a tree root. I looked back to the oak tree and saw the branches were moving oddly in the wind. Instead of flowing in one direction, they all moved in different directions, all dancing to their inner rhythm.
2: Life at the manor is not as it seems. Deep, deep magic. Deep ancient. Inhabitants.
0: The disembodied voice no longer gave me chills. I was becoming used to it, well, somewhat, and, if I'm honest, feeling a comfort that it is with me. The root no longer moved, so I slid off the fence and moved closer. There seemed to be some smaller movement beneath the root. As I watched... I could see the ground shifting and I could hear scratching. Soon the dirt began to be tossed from within, creating a hole beneath the root. More dirt was cleared, and then I saw two large white paws appear. Out popped the head of a large white hare. It brushed some of the dirt from its nose and wiggled the final way out, and sat there, looking straight into my eyes. It held out a paw, and actually said,
1: How's about that
0: cookie, please? Needless to say, I was very surprised at a talking, or should I say singing hair, as I am sure you are. But reacting on automatic, I reached into my knapsack and pulled out a cookie. It hopped over to me and took it with a bow of its head and greedily nibbled it quickly to nothing. My husband will not like talking hairs, I said. With a full mouth of cookie, it said,
1: Ah. Get used to it eventually.
0: By the way, my name is Rabbit, he finished as he wiped the last crumbs from his whiskers and paws.
1: The sisters are such wonderful bakers. I could smell the tasty aroma. From miles and realms away.
0: (laughs) His laughing at that last statement made it sound spooky and mysterious. He looked at me with a piercing glaze of amber eyes. I still had the bag of cookies out. He too saw there were more cookies. I could feel his desire for another one. Feeling a little greedy, I slowly wrapped them up and gently placed them safely back into my bag. He looked at me oddly, as if weighing the situation, but seemed to let it go for now and came a little closer, and with a plop, he sat down right in front of me and put his front paws on his hips waiting for me to speak. We sat this way in silence, staring into each other's eyes. He looked to the manor, and back at me, and then he did it again.
2: neath your feet as the breeze gently sighs and the leaves gently fall the white rabbit will wait of your sight His breath you can feel on your cheek As he wiggles his nose and he tickles your toes This white rabbit will be evermore Where can he be? Why can't you see? Why aren't you Sure that he's there Where can he be Why can't you see Why aren't you Sure that he's there The magpie Sits up high On a branch of sweet oak Pick the breadcrumbs That would lead you home cry if he gives you a fright to fulfill his most dreamy sight as he circles the room singing his weird little tune his eyes holding you At the edge of your sight His breath you can feel On your cheek He will cover your head And hope that you're not dead In his whimsical, magical light Where can he be? Why can't you see? Why aren't you sure that he's there? Where can he be? Why can't you see? Why aren't you sure that he's there? The magpie sits up high On a branch of sweet oak Pick the breadcrumbs that would lead
0: you home. You wanna get in don't you? Rabbit finally asked, pointing a paw thumb over his shoulder towards the manor. Yes I do. Can you help me? I said energetically, not really wanting to ask for his help for some reason, but glad that he may be offering it, it himself.
1: Did you notice I just came out of there?
0: He sang with a I'm better than you attitude, cocking his head towards the manor.
1: You'll have to do the clocks. You know, that's the cost, always
0: was, always will be. He waited for my response, finding a piece of cookie in his fur and popping it in his mouth with zest. I don't know about the clocks, I questioned.
1: Didn't think so. Well, I can't explain it to you. Doesn't work that way. All you have to do is say, Yes, 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 yes. And you're
0: in the manner. He said that with a smirk. Oh, I puffed a release of exasperated breath. I looked around. Maybe nightmare will come and take me in again. But no, I had to get in. Felt my path pulling me urgently in that direction. I gotta be adventurous. I coached myself. Go for it. Yes, I said a little too loudly. All righty then, follow me he said, standing up, rushing down his fur, and with that, he dived into the tunnel and crawled down beneath the root. What? I called after him as I saw his tail disappear into the dark hole. I ran over to it and yelled inside, wait for me. I peered into the hole. There was no way I could fit in. It was much too small. I could fit my head and one shoulder, but I soon would be stuck. I wasn't too keen on claustrophobic places, especially in the ground. Dick! I heard him yell from down below. Really? I called back. It was so easy for Alice to get down her tunnel. I looked around for a stick or something to scoop the earth. I found a piece of heavy bark. Getting down on my hands and knees, I began to open and expand the hole. Thank goodness the ground was soft, and as I worked, I could quickly see the large root formed a solid ceiling so I didn't have to worry about the soft earth coming in on me. I sang quietly to myself, digging, scraping, patting the sides and floor firmly, following the direction of the route. I considered we only need to get past the fence, which wasn't really too far into the manor property from where I started. As I worked, I expected to hit the fence barrier, but as I dug and dug, I felt I must have passed underneath it by now. The opening behind me was getting farther and farther away as I worked. When I stopped to rest, I listened to hear if Rabbit was still waiting, but I heard not a peep. I called a few times, but he never answered. I don't know how long I worked, but I was getting concerned and even considered turning back. Just as my breaking point was approaching, I felt a soft breeze up ahead and took it as a sign I was close. I doubled my digging and felt the tunnel turn upwards. With a few more big pushes, I wiggled out of the earth and up between the roots of the oak tree. I was exhausted but ecstatic. I had once again made it past that so-called impenetrable barrier. I checked my glee, not wanting to be too cocky and possibly cause some unknown wrath upon me. I could see the fence where I had waited and looked up into the amazing ancient oak tree. I leaned against the tree trunk, feeling a nurturing, powerful energy flow from the tree. I closed my eyes and felt the tree recharge my energies and welcome me. As I sat there, enjoying the moment, I felt something hard fall from above and hit me on the head. Oh, that hurt, I said, rubbing my head and looking around on the ground for what it may be. I'm sure you can guess what it was. And yes, a white stone. I took it into my hand and looked for the rune I knew would be there. And yes, Ach, the rune of the oak tree. I turned and gave the tree a big hug and shared my life breath with the tree, for it had for surely assisted me into the manor grounds. I rested for a time then felt something tug on my pant leg. I opened my eyes with a start, not realizing I had fallen into a magical sleep beneath the protection of the oak. One sure can't get too comfortable here. Expecting the worst, I was relieved to see the white hair. Took you long enough, he said with another hard tug to accent his displeasure. On the branch above us, I saw three magpies sitting in a row watching us.
1: You better
0: move fast. Rabbit said, pointing to the three above.
1: Follow the breadcrumbs quickly, my dear, before they eat them all up. He
0: laughed and started to hop away.
1: Remember, find the twelve white clocks. You
0: made a deal. He sang back over his shoulder and then he faded into the shadows. I sat there in a daze, looking to the spot where he disappeared. But I couldn't sit for long. The magpies began to chatter and flutter around in agitation. A pebble hit me on the head from above again. Ouch, that hurt. I looked up to see the birds, and they seemed to caw to each other, as if laughing at me. I stood up, looking around for the trail of the breadcrumbs. And there it was, leading off into the manor's garden. The magpies noticed, too, where I was looking, and in a flash, quickly flew to the crumbs and began to eat them. Oh, such naughty birds, I thought, as I ran down the path after them.
2: A secret shared for you. Thirteen hours has the clock. Look to each hour.